Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about my experience dealing with other people's questions and often strange looks during my cuties casting and early boots and bar wear. I think that this can be a pretty sensitive topic for a lot of Clubfoot parents, and I know that some parents have had some pretty unkind or even cruel things said to them about their cuties outward appearance of their treatment and I just feel like it's really empowering if we talk about proactively the different ways that we can handle addressing this issue. I am going to read a little bit out of my book Clubfoot Chronicles because I actually have a whole section dedicated to this topic And then I'll dive a little bit deeper into our personal experience and give you a little bit more background about a couple particular experiences. And then I'll also talk about a couple ways that I chose to respond and also how I wish I would have responded. Um, So this part of the book is called, What Do I Say? And starts with... With any baby that has something visually different about them, there are bound to be looks and questions. When your baby is wearing their B&B, you're sure to get some quizzical looks when you are out in the public. A week or so after our baby started Boots and Bar, I went to the zoo with my best friend and her kids. I felt hyper aware of everyone looking at us. I saw kids point to the B&B and then turn to their parents in search of an explanation. I saw adults glance at her, look down at her feet, then back up to me, and then quickly look away. It felt weird. I won't say bad, because it didn't feel bad. It was just different. That was it. My baby was different, and anyone who saw her knew that she was. She often caught people's attention because of her charm and how cute she was, but they always continued to look at her because of her boots and bar. Most of the time, I didn't care, but alas, I'm human, and at times it made me feel irritated, especially when people stared and whispered, but never asked about it. Asking for me was always better. When people asked about her boots and bar, I got a chance to explain and also spread awareness about Clubfoot. Maybe when they asked, I felt better because I got to control the narrative. I can't control what people think, but I could control my response. How I explained her B&B was always under my control. I could focus on positive language that was also informative and straight to the point. Honestly, in the midst of it, I wasn't consciously making these choices. I just said what felt right. Now, looking back at it, I realize how being in control of that explanation helped me feel more in control in general. If I could go back, I would try to be more aware of what I wanted to say when I was asked about her B&B. Your response may be different than mine, or you might just ignore those glances in general. Do what works for you. But be prepared to get looks and questions when you are in public, unless you plan to spend the entire time your baby's in 23-hour wear at home. So I really vividly remember this zoo trip because... She was in the car seat in the stroller for most of the trip, but I had to take her out to feed her. And with my two older girls, I 
had to walk to a different section of the zoo and I was uh and she was my cutie was really cranky when I got her out of the stroller so I was holding her the whole time I didn't put her back in and so we walked a decent amount around the zoo and the zoo was a public and crowded place and I remember just feeling super hyper aware of everybody staring at her and just kids would look at her and be like what's and then look to their parents or they'd look at me or stare longer and then the parents wouldn't say anything and I just felt like super sensitive about it because it was a very visual reminder that my child was different and that she was going through a different experience that a normal two-and-a-half-month-old would be. Most of the time, people didn't ask me questions directly. Like I said, they didn't say anything. And in those, I I think people were trying to be polite and not ask because I've fallen into that in my own situations where you don't want to stare and you don't want to ask because you feel like you're being rude. But now that I've had a child with like a physical difference that's very visible to the world, I think if they just would have said, oh, like what's going on? Or just inquired about it, then it would have given me an opportunity to explain. And when I got the chance to explain, I got the chance to, you know, share our story a little bit, spread awareness of Clubfoot. And then frankly, like a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, my brother was like that. Or I was like that as a kid. Or I have some, some, there was always some sort of connection. Because the interesting thing about Clubfoot treatment to me is that even though my daughter is the one who has Clubfoot and is dealing with that, she doesn't really, she's not going to have a lot of memories of her treatment because she's so young when it was done. Um, at least this early part of it, right? I mean, if we deal with relapse, that'll be a different experience and she'll be older and probably have more memories. But for this initial casting and the 23-hour boots and bars, she's not going to have any memory of it. And I think that you run into other adults and you don't know that they've had clubfoot. You don't know their history. There isn't some obvious visible um, suggestion in adults that say, oh, you must have had clubfoot too. So when people inquired about it, then I was able to kind of connect with people a little bit more, which I liked that too. I liked being able to hear from other people and hear their experiences. And then there was an immediate kind of shared connection, which I thought was pretty magical. But for the people that would just stare or kind of, honestly, like if I'm going to be 100% transparent, the hardest part was like the the pitying looks, like the, and I have a whole nother section about that in the book and about my real struggle with pity and kind of feeling sorry that, oh, poor baby sort of situation. Um, and I don't know if that's everybody's experience as a clubfoot parent or if maybe I'm just more sensitive to that, but I just felt like that was the hardest kind of looks to get. It was like, oh, I feel so sorry for her. And I don't I don't know why it was so triggering for me, but it was really like, I just wanted to be like, no, she's good. Like, she's really strong. She's really resilient. We're so grateful that we have the Ponsetti method of treatment and that it's not invasive and that the overall correction rate is really successful. Like, the feeling sorry, I just felt like didn't help anything. 
it didn't provide me any sort of opportunity to, I don't know, control the narrative or to express how proud I was of her because they were already feeling sorry for her. So that was an interesting, so those were the hardest for me. That was, when I saw people feeling that way, I would shut down more and wouldn't, wouldn't talk about it or wouldn't be as open about how her treatment was going and what was happening with her because I felt like they had already come at it with this, like, oh, I feel so sorry for her. And I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me. So I always tried to change it to being more positive or, yeah, but there's all these great things. We're so lucky to have um, this Ponsetti method, and I'm so grateful that we have a non-invasive. And yes, it's a long-term thing, but it is also going to give her the best chance of having well-corrected, fully functional feet. And so one of the ways that I really like to explain it is I'm sure other people have heard too is kind of about braces, right? So people would say, you get your braces on and you wear braces on your teeth to straighten your teeth. And then after your braces come off, you have to wear a retainer. The retainer keeps the teeth in the place that your braces got them. If you don't wear the retainer, then your teeth are going to go back to their original state. And I felt like that was a really universal explanation for people about clubfoot too. It's a universal kind of um, connection. So I was able to say like the casting portion gets her feet into the correct position and then the boots and the bar keep them there. So that's why you have to wear the boots and bar diligently within the wear schedule in order to maintain the correction that you work so hard to get. And I did feel like people seemed to resonate with that. And it seemed also non-scary, right? Like how many people do you know that have had braces? I mean, I feel like at this point, every kid is going to have braces at some point. I mean, all three of my kids, I'm just waiting for that. I feel like that should just be tallied into the college education fund is your dental fund. Um, but maybe that's just my own personal bias because I always had to wear braces. But I think... That made it easier, that explanation. And I think I also just led with this fact of like, I really tried to stay positive and like, yeah, we're so proud of her. We're so happy that we have a birth defect that is treatable and that she will have, you know, functioning feet moving forward. And I really focused on that, but I'm not going to lie and say that I, there weren't times that it made me just cringe to feel like, uh, it made me nervous to bring her out in public and have everybody look but not say anything or have people question and then feel sorry for her. But there were also a lot of connection points that I don't think I would have made with people if it weren't for her boots and bar of her having this visible aspect of her treatment that everybody could see and knew about and could ask questions about. So in a way, I was grateful for that, that I didn't feel less alone when everyone would kind of tell me their stories about it. So I always just recommend that you try to just think about it. I think in hindsight, I really wished that I would have thought about things before I 
before we were just in it, right? So I wish I would have thought, okay, this is how I'm going to respond to that. Or this is what I'm going to think about. And a lot of the time, obviously, you don't know. You don't know what's going to trigger you. I didn't know that the pity thing was going to be so triggering for me until I was in it, right? And it might be a different trigger point for you. Uh, maybe you don't want people asking you questions. Maybe that's a trigger for you because you don't want to explain. But whatever it is, I think it's always just helpful to think about what it is that's going on with you and then how you're responding and how you hope to respond. You might not get it right every time, but I think the more that we kind of put some thought behind it, the better and more empowered we'll feel in those situations when we don't have the ability to control what people are thinking or saying about our child. And just bring some more, more awareness to what we're going through and how we're emotionally handling our child's treatment too and that public aspect of it. I will just say I have one other um, triggering point which was really interesting for me. I didn't really think about it and it was actually out. It was not even about her boots and bar, but during the cold weather, because we live in Colorado, so during the cold months, she would be in her, she was still in 18 hour wear for that first year of that first, her first winter. And I never put socks on her. Like whenever she was out of her boots and bar, like I left her feet free. Like even if it was really cold, not freezing, but cold, I would just wrap her feet in a blanket. And then of course she would kick off of it and she'd be in her car seat and her little feet would poke out. And I remember I got a lot of comments from people like, where are her socks? Why don't you have socks on her? And I just remember feeling like, first of all, what, like, it's none of your business. But second of all, and eventually I think I just got to this point where I was like, her feet are covered in stuff 18 hours a day, guys. Like, she has socks, thick socks on with boots and a bar attached 18 hours a day. So I'm going to choose to leave her feet as free as possible. That means no socks, nothing, no shoes, nothing over the top of them because I want her to have that freedom. And yes, I'll cover them so they don't freeze, but I'm not, I'm going to let her have as much freedom. And when we get inside and there's heat and she kicks off the blanket, she's going to be okay. But I remember really feeling triggered by that. Like people asking me where are her socks and I'm like, well, I don't have them on. And then I felt like I had to go into this whole explanation because she wasn't wearing her boots then. So people didn't know and her feet were fully corrected. So they didn't look like clubfoot. So no one would know that that's what she was dealing with if it was a stranger or someone they'd never seen. But I remember just saying like, I think I eventually shortened it because I think this happened a decent amount of times. I can say it probably over 10 times. And I think I eventually just shortened it to like, yeah, she's she has a lot of stuff on her feet a lot of the time. So we choose to let her piggies be free. Like just something short and sweet, didn't go into the whole thing, but that I got my point across like, hey, I'm making this active choice to not have socks on her feet. Um, and that was the route that we had chosen. And maybe your route is different. Maybe you really want them covered all the time. Um, but whatever that was, that sock thing for me just really... It was an unexpected twist in the public kind of commenting on my child's birth defect that was in still currently in treatment. So like I said, I think it's just helpful if you think about it. Like I was never going to know that the sock thing was going to be a trigger point for me either. But 
thinking back on it, uh, I think I would have, I, it would have been helpful to kind of think about it the first time it happened and go, why did I like respond that way? Why did I feel so um, agitated by them asking me if she has socks on? It seems like a pretty normal thing for someone to ask. But for me, it was triggering. And I think that the more awareness that we can bring to that, it's really not about what other people say. Um, so much in, as far as for me, it was more about like, how was I going to respond and how did what they said impact me? How did it make me feel? And the more I thought about that, the less it became about other people and more it became about, okay, so how am I feeling? How am I responding? How can I take some time to really think about my um, emotional journey through the clubfoot treatment? So I just encourage you guys to think about it too. And whether, wherever you are in the process, like I would love to hear if there were trigger points that you unexpectedly came across in your clubfoot journey that you were something that you were like, whoa, that really upset me when they said that. Um, we never really had anybody say anything really um, mean or cruel. We really lucked out. So I never really ex experienced that. I know some other parents have had People say like, why did you, like what happened to your baby? They have, did you break their legs or what that, you know, um, when they have their casts on? I, we never experienced that because really she had leg warmers on majority of the time. So her big plaster casts were always covered by what almost looked like pants. So unless you really knew, um, you didn't really know what was going on under there. So, but I think that that's also something that you should be aware of and to think about. Like, how are you going to handle something that if someone says something that's really not kind and not just inquisitive or, you know, pitying, but something that could be considered cruel? And how are you going to respond to that? And I think that just the more that you can think about it and be prepared, the better you'll be able to handle your response during those situations. But like I said, I'd love to hear what people, what other people's experience were, or what you guys said. Uh, so as always, you can contact me on my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom or at my website at MaureenHoff.com. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen and feel free to share this episode if you find it helpful for you. And I hope to check in with you guys next time.